But yeah, my phone died. Um, so I thought I lost the entire clip. Yeah, but but we okay. did it. We did it, and we're back. Okay, we're trying to record every Tuesday. It might be Wednesday. We'll surprise you. Yeah, but could be we'll see. Three months. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> it could be next year. Next next year Tuesday. Who knows? Who knows? Keep you on your toes. <laughs> Welcome back to the Leave by Nine podcast, episode two. I'm Avery. And I'm Anna. Okay, so what are we doing this weekend? This weekend, we're going to... Camping. Kings Canyon or Sequoia Canyon? One of those. Kings Canyon. They're like the same. Yeah, Kings they're like Canyon. the same thing. So we're going camping. Um, this will be my first time camping with people I actually care about, because pe- before it was just all family. People- <laughs> which I don't care about. <laughs> which I don't care. <laughs> which I don't fucking care about. It was my dad's side. <laughs> yeah, I've actually never gone camping with like a group of friends either. I think the last time I went camping was like with you. Like it's always like significant others mm. or like a school, like club. It's like a club thing. It's not like a small, tight knit like group of friends. I have never been like... camping with you before. We've, <laughs> we've lodged before, but we've Me. never been camping, camping together. Like the way that we're going now. <laughs> okay, lodging, 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 lodging and camping are like, I mean, leave a comment. It's like Team glamping. camping? Or, yeah, okay, whatever. If you think lodging is camping, let me know. I'm particularly excited because my best friend, Jeffrey. Woo! Shout outs, Jeffrey. Um, he'll be joining us this and Rose, weekend. And Rose, Rose is coming too, sorry. And Rose, Rose Park. <laughs> um, Jeffrey's been... In New York, taking care of his dad for about seven months, and that's probably the longest I've ever been away from him. Mm. And he's finally back, and I'm so excited to, like, go camping with him. I've missed him so much. He's my ride or die. Jeffrey, if you're listening, I love you so much, bebe. She calls him bebe. Can you imagine? I'm like, did you hear my shout out? And he's like... I don't even watch your podcast. <laughs> Shout out where? You have a podcast? Okay, first of all, I realized that that bitch didn't even follow our Instagram. Oh, yeah, he didn't. No, I'm super excited because I just, like, he's my ride or die. Like, there's no, like, we clicked off the bat like that, and it's mm-hmm. really hard to come by those types of people. It is, yeah. So the moment, it ha- the moment I spoke to him, I remember thinking to myself, like, he's going to be my best friend Aww. for the rest of my life. We just, like, clicked. Like, we understand each other. Effortless. Aww. At first, like, word. First word? Yeah. First word. Honestly. He said one word. Honestly, because... <laughs> what I was re- that word? The first... Um, <laughs> oh, actually, it was a phrase. Do you watch Friends? Oh, okay, okay, okay. So do was the first word. Do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. At first... At the first do, mm-hmm. I fell in love. Aww. Platonically, of course. Because mm-hmm. he's gay. Because he's gay. And you're gay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I know you've been making an effort to not eat out so much how's that going for you i mean it's it's purely a money thing like we looked or i looked at my bank account and i was like what the fuck we spent 900 dollars on food and groceries basically we're broke in one month how like we're two people almost a grand on groceries and food anyways that food adds up honestly it does yeah i knew it added up but it was just like so mind-blowing to me mm-hmm. like i i was like okay like i'm probably spending like you know 500 on food a month, but 900, ba- 900, ba- 900, like that's way too much. Anyways, I realized the biggest opportunity to make the change to stop spending so much 
um, was food. So I one. think that's also the easiest. It is definitely the easiest, yeah. You can because you know for a damn fact that you don't have to eat out every single exactly. day. And yeah. that you can make food for yeah. yourself at And home. I think you and I were a little bit overdoing it because we would always, like, we would celebrate little wins. Celebrating wins is really good, obviously. But, like, throughout the week, we would, like, celebrate some wins with food. I think it started off as that and then it ended up as <laughs> just like a, a convenience. Yeah, it became a convenience. Yeah, yeah. Okay, actually, backtrack. It also didn't help that this is when I started my the Chase Sapphire thing. Yeah. I had a promo with DoorDash and that's why like it was like a whole thing. But yeah, no, we've been meal prepping and stuff, so... Meal prepping meaning buying packs of salami. Oh yeah, can you just- show that? And just yeah, like eating that's, it that's throughout the, prep. the week. That's the meal prep. No, like trying to cook a, a different entree like once or twice a week and then like sharing it with you or whatever. Um, last yeah, week I've we been made reaping katsu. the benefits. She really has been. I'm just kind of waiting for that um, to come back to It's me. not. <clears throat> okay. So if you're in your early 20s and below, and below, <laughs> is that the right term? <laughs> if you're in your early 20s and younger... Like, watch out for eating out. I am a huge snacker. For all those who are really close to me, everyone knows that I basically sleep with bags of snacks next to me. I was born and raised in LA, so hot Cheetos are, like, my blood. They are in (laughs) my blood. Like, that's what's pumping through me at the moment. And candy. So sour candy. If anyone wants to send me sour candy, (laughs) I'll open a P.O. box. Just kidding. It's been hard for me. In terms of snacking, because I love hot Cheetos. And I don't know if everyone's heard, but there's currently a Frito-Lay strike. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's still going. I don't know Last time we checked was like a, a week and a half ago. So yeah, basically sure. we heard about, you know, the Frito-Lay workers just... They're just being, being overworked oh, yeah, yeah. and they're just so exhausted and they're not being paid well enough. So there's a strike and obviously... I really, you know, want to be mindful of that kind of stuff. And I made the con- I made the decision to just, like, give up any Frito-Lay stuff. Um, Hot Cheetos are included in that, unfortunately. Yeah, it was really sad. Like, I saw it on Instagram and then I shared with Anna. And she was, like, she was, like, quiet for a good eight minutes. Just, like, on Instagram trying to figure out, like, if it's real. Because, like, this changed her life, you know? Yeah, like. This is like your go-to thing. It's, yeah, it's hard because whenever I want a snack, that's like the first snack I think yeah. of. And it really hurt. But at the same time, I completely want to back the people who deserve the money. Yeah. And, you know. It speaks volumes to your character, like who you are. Because even though it's just like, it's just Cheetos, it's like the bigger message. And you instantly changed your habit or like what you usually buy. Because you care so much about those people, even though you don't know them, but you care so much about this thing, about this this issue of like people getting paid well, that you just like completely dumped your favorite snack. Yeah. Being able to eat hot Cheetos is nothing when people are dying oh, yeah. in the factories, you know, oh, like yeah, that's like absolutely, a... I can absolutely give that up. Yeah. It's like similar to Empico, which you know already, like we are all about fair labor and paying our workers um a fair wage and i think that also ties in with 
paying not just people who make the clothes but like paying everyone that we work with directly that's involved yeah that's involved like everyone not just sewers which i mean sewers are like the biggest people but also even like the design stuff like right now we are working on a new collection like button-ups and shorts um and we're working with a designer that we really really want to work with like i was showing anna like all these photos and reference drawings and all that and like she was perfect and I've gotten a call with uh, this design studio and um, everything was going really well and then we talked pricing she gave me the price and I was like yeah just was higher than you anticipated it was it I kind of was expecting it but I also was like okay maybe I can I can bring it down a little bit and even then like even negotiate because I know that she's a really great artist right and I asked one time, I tried to like bargain it down like once. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, can we meet here? And they basically didn't budge. And even me asking that kind of felt like, ah, uh, like I I don't feel good asking to bring something down because I know her worth and I know her value as she an artist. She priced her worth. Yeah, she priced her worth, which like 100% you should do. Like I respect that. You don't want to bring your own price prices down, especially as an artist and especially as a creator because you're just kind of like bringing your your own value down. The way that I think about it is like, if someone is selling a product that was made by someone else, I wouldn't feel so bad about haggling that because you got the product from someone else. You're just a middleman yeah, distributing. Yeah, yeah. However, the way that the way that I am understanding why you felt bad is because she's going to be the person who puts her time and effort into these drawings for you mm-hmm. to use. And you being like, can you come down lower and lower? That's like saying like, I want you the same. I want yeah. the same type of effort yeah. and and the same type of quality, but I want to pay you less Cheaper. for that. Yeah, exactly. That's just saying I I want your work, but I want I don't want to pay you what you think that's your work is worth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's like not a middle person, and it's someone making it directly. It's like you kind of feel for them, which is really interesting because it's like. It's like, I wonder if that would help. I mean, for example, like fast fashion, if, if people were to actually know, not know the actual person making, you know, clothes and stuff, but kind of have this more of a, more of a, um, I guess, empathy. And you, you kind of like see like the direct relationship versus like when you're shopping from a big retailer, mm-hmm. there's that, that kind of distorts like the relationship or the, the empathy part of the maker. So it's like Ooh. maker, uh, middle person selling the thing. So you're consumer. saying that because most of the time there's a distributor involved, yeah, or like a wholesaler, you forget in the about the person who directly exactly, made it. Exactly. Therefore, the empathy goes away. Yeah, I actually think that's yeah a very very that's valid exact, point. Yeah, because I know that there's this one woman, you know, designing and putting all the time in this thing. It basically there's a wall between you. You as a consumer and you being able to see the hard work that gets put into yeah. whatever was made that you're buying. You were working on the podcast cover art for us with someone you found. Like, did you have the same? Did you have like any issues? Like, I actually. So to describe that experience, like you said, the artist. Shout out to Charlie. Hey Charlie. Hey Charlie. <laughs> um, when I was working with him, it was just like I was honestly just working with like an individual. It wasn't like someone who had like a studio and like mm-hmm. had like a professional signature or whatever. All of that okay. stuff. It was he was just like an individual who just loves creating. But that experience was actually interesting because after. I saw all of the art and after all the interactions with him, 
and he told me what his price was, I actually was genuinely shocked because I was oh, right. preparing to pay him more than what he asked. Mm-hmm. So when he was like, you know, just pay me, you know, this amount, there was a, there was something in me that wanted to pay him more, yeah. regardless of wh- wherever he priced it at, yeah. because of all the back and forth that I had with mm-hmm. him. Because I worked directly with that individual mm-hmm. and saw the work that he was putting into all of our stuff and being so accommodating. Mm-hmm. Honestly, he did this so fast. It was really fast. I yeah. gave him a concept and he turned it around in like two days and made edits yeah. and then he really finished within four days. So- our our draft yeah. is so shit. You'll see, lit- <laughs> and I provided this draft to him and he took this and created something and he created cool what is level. now our cover art, which is yeah. so phenomenal. Cute. Being in contact and seeing the person directly work on something for you mm-hmm you definitely do have that you carry that empathy for them like and i think that all just ties back into like if you bring in a distributor in the middle you're like almost bringing a wall to the person who's actually creating the stuff Mm -hmm. for you not directly for you you know but for everyone it's kind of like you're collaborating with them it's like a team a team effort type of thing you've been getting more in touch with your like creative side because you came from more like well i mean we're still doing operations and stuff but like now you're like doing more like artsy artsy stuff i think within the last year i've really exercised like six months yeah Yeah. the creative side of me Mm -hmm. um which i didn't really know that i didn't actually know that that existed if i'm to be very but you always drew at work you always doodled like really well though i'm gonna i'm gonna actually include some photos of the doodles because avery they're so avery thinks that they're so good but oh my gosh but my doodles are not great but i basically i've really tapped into my creative Mm -hmm. side this year or within the past like what six seven months yeah and painting painting um doing painting. this <laughs> yeah yeah I've, I've actually like kicked off the whole creativity thing with painting um this podcast even just like creating content the thumbnails um, yeah just, like, i work small digital art and stuff yeah in the past month i've learned how to you know fundamentally use garage band mm-hmm. final, final cut. cut pro photoshop photoshop Adobe Fresco. Adobe Fresco, which is like Photoshop. It's been so nice Mm -hmm. because for for starters, I didn't even know that this part of me existed. That I didn't really think I was a creative yet. Okay, so Mm. I'm left-handed and obviously majority of people who are left-handed are very right brain dominant, which means they're more creative. But even, even then, I didn't really think that there was a creative side of me and I think that really ties into my upbringing because as as someone who grew up in an Asian household Mm -hmm. creativity is not praised no unless it's like music yeah I mean it's it's the whole like stereotypical thing about growing up Asian you know your parents want you to do something that just brings in a lot of money and usually the creative arts don't not as much as being a doctor lawyer engineer or whatever Um, and I think growing up in an Asian household, that really like silenced that creative side of me. Mm-hmm. I always kind of knew that I, w- I could be creative just because yeah. my imagination is so wild. I just didn't know how much of it I really had and how much mm-hmm. I would like exercising that. I'm, I'm seeing that tapping into the creative side 
makes me happier for lack of a better word that's good I realized with that came with a lot of Mm. Mm self-doubt I have a problem where I'm so critical of myself so that I can be prepared for all the critic all the critique that's going to come back at me should I let the world see whatever creative thing I'm working on oh so you have like a habit of like getting getting to the critiques yourself on your own before someone else like kind of like a comfort type of thing right like if you if you think about all the critiques yourself if someone else says it if someone else were to say it you wouldn't be shocked by it because you already thought about it like that yeah it's like lessening the blow for myself but also just because I think that's one of my biggest struggles is being so 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 critical of myself and I and I and I know this I'm very aware of it. Um, I, for example, before we even launched the first episode of Leave by Nine, I was playing everything in my mind that could I go remember. wrong. Yeah, I remember. I was telling myself, like, what if, you know, like, what if people leave negative feedback? Mm-hmm. Like, what if people think mm-hmm. that we're not interesting, we're boring? Yeah. yeah. And in the beginning of this year, what I tried to tell myself, and I still try to tell myself, till this day is like let go of the really the really small details there is no reason for me to overthink every single situation without even knowing how it's actually gonna play yeah, out yeah but they're just scenarios yeah and i think like with the you know with we launched our first episode at, or we even launched the podcast in general today and Woo! i was overwhelmed with oh. anxiety and i think that's because i was just waiting for someone to be like this is crap. Like negative things. Well, I guess. All yeah, o- obviously. Like that's and and wow. to be fair, like it was received so well by our friends. Thank you. Um, like you know, all I've heard today were positive things, but there was still a doubt in the back of my mind that like, is this good enough for the world to see? And I'm always thinking like before before I even do anything, I'm always thinking about, okay, like, is it even going to be worth it in the end? And if I do release this, like, you know, if I do show the world, like, whatever creative thing I've been working on, like, is it going to be well received? Like, what if someone thinks like this painting is stupid because of the colors I use? Like, I will literally think about every single thing that could possibly go wrong and scare myself into not doing it that's my problem and so i'm really working on this year to like let go of the really small details yeah at least you're aware of it because i do remember before we even did the first episode when leave by nine was just like an idea Mm -hmm. i remember i was texting i was like hyping everything up i was like oh my god i'm so excited (laughs) everything ready to go we could start filming next week all these you know all these things and then you're like you're not scared that our dynamic gonna be all weird or like yeah you can feel you can feel like yeah I get some hesitation yeah even though you were also really excited it kind of sounded joking like in a joking sense but I knew there was a part of you that was like really scared worried yeah worried yeah worried of what might come that's negative you know and I think that's why I actually really love that you're here and you're co-hosting this with me because ultimately i think we work together so well because no matter how much i doubt you're the type of person to be like we're gonna we're gonna post it and everything's gonna be great you're like (laughs) you like balance out the negativity which is amazing and i'm sorry if you ever get annoyed how negative (laughs) i get i would never be annoyed 
So like, we're doing the thing. It's like baby steps, you know? I would never be annoyed because you're... I would never be annoyed because you're at where you're at and you acknowledge, you know, the way that you think. You're, like, actively working on it. So I would never be annoyed at, like, your progress because it's, like, your own progress, you know? It's not like, hurry up and stop being negative, you know? It's not like you're negative like all the time you're just you know worried and you're asking questions because you're scared yeah sometimes. I, I mean I, I was always scared because our relationship is fairly new but also like going into business with someone especially with your partner like you never know how that's going to play out yeah. but luckily we are very creatively aligned yeah I think we both got lucky in the sense that we are aligned on those things but also I feel like we're when we are not aligned on things we know how to hear from the other person Mm -hmm. like okay what's not right about this or what do you think it should be instead Mm -hmm. you know it's not like it should be like this and then resentfully agree yeah yeah there's there's none of that no my parents, yeah, they would rather me, you know, like, join the military, do something in aerospace, like, science or tech or right. math or whatever. But... I know I, your parents, at some point, were, like, pushing you for a government job because it's just oh my gosh. stable. They still push me. Towards, I'm like, Mom, I am fine with where I'm... Um, yeah, I mean, they always push that agenda because they, they're just looking out. You know, it's more stable, so I understand their point of view. But, yeah, we both grew up in asian households so culturally sort of that's the same but for some reason i guess we approach like starting things new and approach the unknown differently yeah because that comes from being like validated validated yeah like validated like maybe you didn't get that no i didn't i mean i first like you know without exposing myself too too much already (laughs) on the second fucking episode (laughs) um my growing up, you know, I, I I had to grow up really quickly. I think there, I think it's a combination of a lot of different things. One being like growing up in an Asian household, and you know, if you're Asian and you you know you grew up in an Asian household, like you know, yeah. um, that your parents expect you or not expect, but they really push you to go more into the medicine field or something engineering, something yeah. that brings in that something that really like. It brings in stability. It brings stability, like financial stability, but also, you know, it ties in with education. Um, But I grew up in a very broken household, so I feel like as a kid, I never had that validation. Mm -hmm. Um, I was never told, like, you know, you can do everything that you want to do, which I feel like, you know, a lot of Asians probably don't get that conversation from their parents. But yeah, it's, it's that. And I think with a combo of all of that, I never felt like I was safe to explore other avenues Mm -hmm. because I never felt I was good enough to begin with. I think that all ties into why I'm so critical of myself. I mean, besides the fact that, you know, I'm an Aquarius and I just (laughs) and I feel like there is a placement in my chart where people with that placement tend to overthink everything before they make a decision and mm-hmm. they like to outweigh all the i feel like that's my i feel I like, like that is Earth. aquarius i know oh. i think it is aquarius okay. because stereotypically we are known to like be very detached and we are very analytical thinkers when it comes to 
those kinds of things like, like yeah we like to detach our emotions yeah. from stuff and think about it very logically <laughs> and, and mm-hmm. analytically and I think even when I do that my logic goes to like well I'm not good enough so what makes me think that mm. I could be putting stuff out there like for people to see yeah. but you know that I feel like it's such a small portion of it it really is just the fact that like you know growing up I didn't have a lot of validation from my parents also um I was very used to like my parents not being around so it's it, I feel like if you don't have a lot of that growing up then when you are grown up it's like you know it's just like it it's just like childhood trauma stuff yeah. it's like if I had to really get, if I had to guess where that all like stems from it's probably that I mean that's when your brain develops the most so if you didn't have that and growing up you realize that there's that validation lacking then it's going to affect how you how comfortable you are to like put yourself out there and try different things yeah and i'm actively trying to heal that like yeah. inner child that needed that but never got that you know um and if you ask me how far i am in that healing process i want to say like probably 10 20 percent that's which is progress good, you yeah. know i think awareness is a huge part of it oh i think being yeah. aware of yourself doing that is such a huge part mm-hmm. of it and i think for me i'm just getting sick and tired of having these ideas and never executing them just out of fear yeah. that nothing great is going to come out of it but mm-hmm. i've never asked myself like okay but what if something good comes out of it yeah. I think it's important because I feel like a common misconception is that all Asians grow up in this like terrible controlling household. I hear from you that your dad is always pushing MPCO and he wants that to like really take <laughs> yeah. off. It's so cute. at the end of the day, like, you know, they, they're very supportive and that's very, very fortunate. Yeah. Sometimes Asian families, you know, Asian are families great. are great. <laughs> they're not all bad. <laughs> We always somehow seem to record like at the latest possible time. It's midnight now. Yeah, I think we'll we'll just wrap wrap it up up here. But yeah, thank you for watching. Subscribe to our YouTube. Like. Like. Comment. Follow us on Spotify, Instagram, Apple Music, and support on Anchor. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.